if we, I mean, we can maybe do some math here, right? You said 30 customers, average ARPU of 200 euros, 230 US dollars. That would put you at around 7,000 bucks of monthly recurring revenue right now. Is that about accurate? Yeah, yeah. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey folks, my guest today is Alban Dumoya. He's a developer who started his career in the US and discovered the startup world when he came back to France in 2015. He worked in structures that helped entrepreneurs with projects while starting his own projects on the side. One of those projects emerged as Select EEV, and that has been growing organically now for five years and is now getting a marketing boost to actually grow to its full potential. We're going to jump in today. Alban, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah. All right. Five years as a side project. Why didn't you start pouring the gas on this bad boy earlier? Well, basically, it's um, it's a pretty long story. It's it's a project that's a spin-off from another job, like a, an older job, and and it's been growing organically. Um, I've got a lot of side projects, and this is one of them, and and it started uh, growing a lot more uh, this year. So we're getting into marketing and and maybe a bit of sales. Okay, and so we want to jump into why it started growing more this year. But first, people don't know what this thing is yet. How would you describe it? What does it do? So basically, it helps uh, structures like administrations, corporations, or incubators, accelerators uh, to select candidates. Uh, so any type of calls for applications. Um, it can be for events. It can be for uh, specific programs to get in something like universities could use it, for example. Um, and yeah, basically, it's anything that's not an HR candidate. Uh, we could we could use it for HR candidates, but it's not really made for it. Um, basically, anytime you need to evaluate a candidate with different evaluators, that's where we came, we come in uh, to help. Now, you have a bunch of different pricing plans based off number of candidates, how many evaluations, you know, and customization and feature-based upselling, chat support, et cetera. But if I forced you to give me an average, what would you say the average customer pays you today per month? Uh, basically, it's about 200 euros a month. Uh, that's the nice. the standard plan is the is the most used by far. Um, usually, what the customer uh, takes is about three to four months for one call for applications, and usually they do it twice a year. So it's it's about six six to eight months a year of of um, all of pricing. <laughs> And is it, it sounds like the most critical usage metric for you is number of uh, like number of candidates processed. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I guess the main difference between the first two plans are uh, there, there's a few um, options that you can use in the standard plan, like file upload, multi-language, uh, things like that. But yeah, most, mostly the biggest metric is is the the number of candidates um, or the number of evaluators as well. Uh, that, that's a pretty big one. And so last so a month, lot of yeah. In, so, sorry, go for in, in, uh, in April uh, here of 2020, how many candidates were analyzed? In April of 2020, last two, month. you mean? Uh, okay. Um, I would say in total on our customers, I would say about 10 to 15,000, something like that. Wow. Okay. And that's across how many, I guess you call them evaluators? Um, that's something I, I don't really know because the... We're not 
our 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 heads in the in the platforms because the the customers manage everything. So we're we're a SaaS platform. Um, so I would say less than a hundred evaluators. Less than I guess across how many individual customers? Uh, yeah, that that would be around thirty. Okay, so you're very. We, we've targeted. got two pretty big customers that have more than you know five thousand candidates per call for applications. Uh, oh so wow, yeah, that grows in numbers. So is that a good or bad thing to have that kind of customer concentration risk? It's uh, again, it's a it's a side project. Uh, that's so that's why we're searching for more customers um, because right now it can't really become a company until we find a lot more and and and. We're going for international as well. Uh, we've got a few customers in the US. We've got a few customers in India, Mexico, Germany. Um, but yeah, it's it's something we, we just need to set up a strategy to to go get more uh, because we actually solve issues for these guys. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the... I mean, look, there's a lot of my listeners that are exactly like you. They're engineers that can also market, right? Maybe a little bit, maybe really well. They have a bunch of side projects. And the whole this whole idea of like, oh, crap. One of my side projects is kind of taking off. Should I like kill the other babies and go all in on this? Is a big decision, right? So, like you just use verbiage like when it becomes or to become a real company, right? What what does that mean? It means so I'm I'm in a startup world now. So whenever we go for you know fundraising or whatever, you 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 look at the size of your market. Um, I'm not sure that Selective can uh, go for fundraising, for example, because uh, the market is pretty small and temporal. It's like you need to find the people who will be having a calls for application in the next year or so. Uh, that's not that like it's not that many companies in the world uh, compared to people who need to sell something. And if you if you do a platform that helps selling, then your market is a lot bigger. Um, so I guess that's why for now it's stated a side projects. Why do you correlate being a real company with if you've raised funding or not? There are way more real no, companies I'm, I'm, that are non-funded. Yeah, it's it's just an example I was taking, uh, just to 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 give you a market size, which is which is something that's really really important for fundraising. Uh, I'm not talking about genuinely always fundraising. It's it's just like um, I want to know for you, not yeah. not not a VC or someone you're trying yeah, to raise yeah, funding yeah, sure. from. For you, what does it mean to be a real company as a side hacker with a lot of projects? Yeah, I I would say be able to pay people. Uh, okay. Right now, I'm able to pay one person, uh, not more than that. Mm-hmm. So there's two of you guys full time right now. Well, yeah, and and we've got freelancers, uh, so that 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 makes the team to about six people. Um, but yeah, what I would call a, a real company would be like six full full time people in one office <laughs> type of thing. So two full time, four freelancers. Yeah. And Alvin, a lot of folks, when they get going, obviously, to keep costs low, they use freelancers. But a lot of people fail miserably. They burn through freelancers because they don't know how to manage them properly. Explain yep. to me what those four freelancers do for you and how you get the most out of them, the most productivity. Well, basically, each of them is pretty uh, much on their own space. Uh, so we've got one that's doing mostly marketing, like content marketing. The other one is doing mostly uh, LinkedIn growth. Um, and the two others are organizing uh, webinars, so it's cold emailing, uh, and I'm I'm the one giving the webinars, but they're they're doing the entire uh, marketing process around it. Um, so yeah, everybody has his space, and and they decide whatever they want to do. We just have you know 
specific directions that the company wants to take. Uh, but for that, the, the the rest of the job is basically they have paternity on what they're doing. We're not Alvin, just asking. Sorry, what's the difference between the first two? You said marketing and growth. What's the difference between the two? Basically, marketing is mostly around uh, content SEO. Uh, how do you drive inbound uh, traffic? And the growth is more about um, you know reaching out to people on LinkedIn, email, uh, you know, multi multi diffusion. Well, and then start with the, let's start with the marketing SEO content. How did you find that person? Did you use a, a, a marketplace or a friend? Yeah, basically a, a freelancer marketplace, and I, I benchmarked a bunch of people and talked to a What's lot it of called? them. And it's called Malt uh, M E L T dot F R. It's L T. Yeah, I guess it's the biggest French uh, freelancer mar- marketplace. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's it's oh Malt M M M A L T M L L T. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, it's basically you you just need to to find a good fit. That that's for me, it's, it's the most important one. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days. All the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game. Less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. Now, Alvin, though, you said something very specific, which, and this is like playbook 101 for managing freelancers, which is you said you sort of measure the quality across a bunch of marketers before maybe picking one. So how did you structure that? Did you put together like a one-page project and give it to 10 of them and then pick the best one to do full-time? Or how'd you do that? No, I I just had conversations on how they would see the strategy for the actual work. Um, and you can you can tell a lot from that. Now, did you use Malt to find the growth person and your two webinar people? I no the the webinar people. I think I found through LinkedIn or, or uh, recommendations. I, I believe I can't remember because it's been a while. But the okay. the growth and marketing guys, yes. Okay, very cool. And then again, put this on a timeline. When did you launch? When did you write the first line of code for Selective? That was actually in my job three jobs ago, so two thousand fifteen. 2017, I would say, 16 or 17, okay. uh, because it's it was an internal project. Basically, I, I worked in one of the biggest French startup accelerators, uh, and, and we had a lot of incoming uh, startups that wanted to enter, so we had to build something to filter them. Mm-hmm. And they had so, no problem with you spinning it out, and you don't have to give them a bunch of equity or anything? No, no, no. Basically, the when I left the company, the product was dying if uh, if I didn't take it. And so the deal was that uh, I would take it and they would use it for free for life. And then I would do whatever I needed. That's amazing. Um, so you own 100% equity today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, we love that. Okay. So if we, I mean, we can maybe do some math here, right? You said 30 customers, average ARPU of 200 euros, 230 US dollars. That would put you at around 7,000 bucks of monthly recurring revenue right now. Is that about accurate? Yeah, yeah. And just so we can understand growth, where were you exactly one year ago? 
I would say half of that. Um, okay. Yeah. Around, and, around half. And, and you, you almost sounded surprised at the beginning of this interview about the growth that's happened recently. Like, like it's, it wasn't a result of your inputs. It just like magically happened. What happened? Well, you know, COVID happened. So that's why I'm surprised uh, because we, we had a pretty big drop because we had a bunch of customers who had events um, and, and the events just goes down. So whenever you need to select speakers or, or you know, have a prize or whatever in your event, then you just don't do it anymore. So we lost a bunch of revenue on that. Uh, and now it's coming back. Very interesting. Okay. And the, no, so, the, I guess the, the most surprising thing is like, we don't have a lot of churn. Um, so older customers that, that stopped during COVID are coming back while we have new customers that, that showed up. Oh, I see. I see. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So you mentioned though that like growth. So, so besides just people coming back, like the outbound people doing webinars and stuff, explain to me, is that an effective strategy for you? Do you think you can grow to a thousand customers using webinars? I would hope so. Uh, I wouldn't think so, but I would hope so. The webinars, usually we have around 30 people per webinar. Uh, so once a month and, and, Right now, I'd say the conversion rate would be one one customer per per month. Uh, so, because it's it's very temporal. So that that's a complicated part. It's that the first time they hear about you, they already have a tool, or they're thinking about changing, or they haven't organized the call for applications ever, uh, and so they don't know where to start. And so, from when you start talking to them to when they're ready to actually get started, they're that can be a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so webinar strategy is working. Doing one per month. You sign up thirty people. Um, they're doing outbound to get people signed up for that. And then give me like the headline. What's the headline of the webinar? It's basically how to manage your call for applications and simplify your life during evaluations. Interesting. So you have some copywriting skills inside of there. You make it. You make that a sexy title for a tool that some people might find be very boring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 the goal. It will. It's a boring tool, but it's it's not as boring as an Excel spreadsheet, right? And yeah. <laughs> that's how usually it works. It's like our main competitor is Google Form. So basically people get their candidates on a Google Form and then they have this Excel spreadsheet that they have to share to everybody and, and manage evaluations by email or PDF or whatever you, you can think about. Um, and we're just like, okay, we have this little star system where you click on stars and it grades your candidate and, and you weight the answers as you want. And if you want to do an evaluation funnel, then you can. Uh, so it sounds sexy to the people who suffered the Excel spreadsheet, let's say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very cool. Well, hey, this is a heck of a story we're rooting for you. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, that's not something I have in mind. Uh, I, okay. I'd say something like, Steve Jobs, uh, you know, biography, but number, I, number well, two, is know. there a CEO you're following or studying? Of course, Elon Musk, like pretty much everybody else. Cause he's just a weirdo. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building selective? Um, online tool. Uh, what do you mean by online? I, I would say Figma. Figma. Yeah. That's what we mean. Yeah. All right. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Eight. Eight. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Uh, sing- well, not married, but not single either. It's like, <laughs> I don't know how you okay, say so that. <laughs> no, no kids? No kids. All right. And Alvin, how old are you? I'm 34. 34. Last question. Something you wish you knew back when you were 20. Um, 
how to make money um, on a website that I had that was really working out well. Guys, there you have it. Selective.io. It's a tool that helps you an- analyze and evaluate candidates. Launched back in 2017, spun it out of an accelerator, actually. His former company was working at. He owns 100% equity today. It's bootstrapped, doing 3500 in MRR a year ago. Now up to seven grand a month, or about 82000 bucks in terms of run rate. And he's going, you know what? There might be something here. Let me try and build this. Has one other full-time uh, partner here, and then four freelancers currently growing the business, mainly using webinars. We'll see what happens next. Album, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you.